0: What's up everyone, I'm Katherine Rudder, and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain. On this episode we have James Graham, CEO and president of Guild One, and he talks about Royalty Ledger, oil and gas and the music industry, how Canada is adopting to blockchain, and many other blockchain and frankly non-blockchain related topics. Then we have a big announcement for graduate students. Kevin Rudder and George Calais from the research team announced their pitch competition. So pitch your court up to the team and you can be up for some really great prizes. This is a global competition for all grad students. So seriously, the prizes are amazing. I wanted to join the competition, but that's obviously not allowed. Um, More information on that at the end of this episode and online at r3.com slash Pitch Dash Competition. I'll link that in the bio. In the studio with James Graham from Guild One. How are you doing today, James?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Catherine.
0: I thought we were doing our studio voices. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, (laughs) live from the Tower of Power, you're looking for the brain gain on the blockchain? It's Catherine Rudder with Life in the Fast Chain.
0: Woohoo! That was great. Yours is better than mine, unfortunately for me. But uh, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming into the New York office. It's
1: always a pleasure to come to see you folks here at R3.
0: You're too kind. So just because I know this and not everyone else knows, we have to talk about your relationship with Sum 41.
1: Well, my (laughs) cousin is in Sum 41, and I've had the pleasure of... uh, Hanging out with him, of course, a lot. He just had a baby. So congratulations
0: Congratulations! Mabel and
1: Thomas and their baby Wyatt. And, Very cute. Uh, so hopefully I get to see them every time I come to New York. I try to take out some time. I know you're a huge fan.
0: I am a big fan. I've
1: related some of that. But I think uh, let's just formally put it on the record that next New York show, we got to get an R3 contingent out there.
0: I, people can't see that I'm shaking, but I'm shaking.
1: I I, I can vouch for that. She's trembling, I think, would be the the proper term. Definitely.
0: Well, I think that's a very good fun fact. Do you have any other fun facts before we get into it?
1: Fun fact.
0: I know it's kind of weird asking people if they have fun facts because I feel like it really puts you on the spot.
1: Yeah, no doubt. What's your fun fact? Set it up for me.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So I have a few. Um, I could do the – so let's pick. It's either a baby one or a Sophie Turner story. You already know the Sophie Turner story. Yeah,
1: I want to hear the Sophie Turner story from you because I heard it from a third party.
0: Okay, so it's not really a fun fact, but it's just a funny thing. So I'm sitting at a restaurant in New York City, Little Prince, and I'm eating dinner, and I look over um, my friend's shoulder, and I see Sophie Turner, Sansa Stark, uh, literally standing right outside the building, and I'm eating dinner, so I'm like starting to throw back my dinner I'm so excited because I'm like oh my god this is crazy I take a million videos like I said my friend but it was my boyfriend but (laughs) my boyfriend was like Catherine stop taking pictures you're embarrassing me this is so I'm like okay whatever but so I keep doing it and then we finally she's outside she's having fun dancing with her friends waiting for a table normal girl and then I uh, I'm so awkward around famous people and so I was like okay she's standing to the left of the restaurant I'm like I'm gonna go right And then we get to the door and I'm like, I cannot give up this opportunity so I, I go Jeremy I'm going left and I go left and I go up to her and I, and I was like hi I just want to say like I love your work like I I totally get like it's so annoying when people come up to you like I'm famous in the blockchain world and like you're famous in like the world world so I get it and she was like laughing but like clearly like what the hell are you talking about? And my boyfriend was like, what? Why did you say that? And it just, like, came out of my mouth like lava. And then I started, like, cracking jokes left and right, and I could not control myself. <laughs> and I, like, don't even know what I said. I, like, kind of blacked out from it because I was so excited to meet her. But, yeah. Yeah. So I told um, Sophie Turner that I was famous. Blockchain famous. Blockchain famous, mm-hmm. which is just a whole not true. <laughs> she was like, What are you talking about?
1: That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's much more colorful than Sarah's version.
0: Oh, yeah. Which
1: was just sort of, Yeah, she told her she was blockchain famous, and everybody was like, What?
0: Everyone's like, What are you talking about? I was like, The cameras, the fans, <laughs> the lights. I hate it. It's blockchain so annoying. paparazzi.
1: <laughs> They're clustered around the office. After I know. As I they was speak. like,
0: Oh my gosh, I can't get to break. Break. Yeah. She was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so anyways, well, that's mine. So
1: we'll file that under embarrassing celebrity moments. Oh, then yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll that's address good mine. I was going to meet uh, REM. And okay. at the time, I was a huge cool. REM fan. And I was like, oh, my God, these are, this is so cool. Yeah. And so I started drinking, maybe to take oh, the no. nerves out. And my memory of, of REM is very fleeting, just remembering how small they were. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> They were doing a session at at, uh, Much Music that's like MTV of Canada. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I had no memory of the event, although afterwards somebody showed me there was this band called the Razorbacks playing, and uh, somehow I had passed out back behind-the-set kind of vibe. Oh, no. And the. Camera, the floor camera somehow snagged my leg, and you could see me being dragged across no. back of the setting as this band played.
0: Are you serious? So that was
1: my embarrassing celebrity moment. Or one of them. There's one of one
0: them. There. But
1: that was a good oh, one. That's a there was good video one. evidence of it. Though. Video? I that was pretty cool. <laughs>
0: they are like, what the hell is that? What going th- was that guy that over guy? there?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty
0: impressive. Do? Yeah, that is. Not blockchain famous, good. but you no, know. No, not blockchain famous. Dead guy like, famous. It's good. <laughs> did not see that coming. That's amazing. Okay, that's good. All right. I'm happy. We've added a little spice to the there podcast. So should we talk about blockchain?
1: <laughs> I think we should.
0: We definitely should. The so crowd's
1: looking for a brain game.
0: Oh, for sure, instead of our embarrassing stories. However, yeah. I, I enjoyed them a lot. So how did you first get involved in blockchain?
1: You know, I, a few years ago, I tried to talk to some of my customers. So just a level set. We um, we deal with making sure that people's contract entitlements are Executed, or or they're getting paid their full value of a contract. Yeah, mostly in oil and gas, mostly in the in the royalties space. And uh, a few years ago, I tried to convince a lot of people that the biggest problem that we had was we're disagreeing on really dumb, disconnected facts. Yeah. So we're disagreeing on, you know, a deduction stream or the terms of a contract are interpreted differently on both sides, and that's very correctable. What I couldn't sell to anybody was that there was a trusted way to do this and then yeah. a lot of the companies thought you know we have a we have a disputes with these people but we don't want to share the data with them there was still this kind of untrusting so yeah fast forward to the last couple of years where blockchain and DLT and particularly some of the first quarter builds we started running and playing with this concept that hey we have a mechanism by now to make sure that both sides of the contract can see the same set of facts Yep. and that's brought a lot of value into closing these disputes down. And of course, yeah. disputes are anti-commerce and as soon as we kind of get our brains around that then we're free to transact more cleanly and of course blockchain's key to that.
0: Yeah, definitely. The big thing being like how do you trust non-trusting parties that's kind right.
1: of Yeah, how do you share information with people that you don't really want to share everything with? Yeah. But we have the same, I mean, and that's there's still a bit of friction, in, particularly in oil and gas companies, about well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to share, overshare with our counterparties, but then they realize, yeah. hey, we're just talking about the contract terms yeah, and the systems of measurement and the data ingest. So, I mean, Richard and Gendel Brown and Mike Hearn very early on talking about what you see is what I see, that was very formative for us. in exercising and putting a fine point on bringing that into our customer base.
0: Yeah. So can you talk a little bit exactly what is royalty ledger?
1: So royalty ledger, we actually, the disputes in the contracts between uh, oil and gas operator and a royalty holder, and a royalty holder might be a private freeholder, like a farmer or somebody who lives on some land and there's production nearby.
0: Gotcha. A First
1: Nations group, an indigenous group who has lands and there's oil and gas production happening. Uh, A government body, Uh because governments take, you know, uh, royalties as a form of uh, production tax or or a way to get cash flow against the people's resources, and they're Mm -hmm. charged with understanding and collecting that. And then there's these corporate bodies that have assembled these um, aggregated land bases or a a lot of contracts, and they've put them together, and now they operate those. What's key to all of them is that the operators then have to report their activities to all these different groups Mm -hmm. in internal groups and then, you know, to their investors. So there's there's all this reporting going on. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the counterparties have different views of the data. And although the person operating the asset is responsible to report the data to everybody else, Mm -hmm. oftentimes they don't have the tools or understanding to do it. So and it's very complex stuff. You get into yeah. like 3D, where the oil lives, and these long frac. Oh uh, gosh, fr- I you can't know, even
0: imagine.
1: 3D lines through 2D, 3D space that extract resources. Ooh. So it gets very complex very fast. And of course, then only the really big organizations get serviced, only the companies that can spend the money to make sure they're getting paid. And that's been the most gratifying part is we're seeing a democratization of those big tool sets and those big calculation engines and the access to the data to the individuals who've never had the ability to say, that's right. They get a check. Do they know whether it's right or not? So we distrust because of that, because people don't know whether it's right or not. Almost everybody in that whole life cycle doesn't trust their counterparties. Yeah. Like there's just a huge dark cloud of distrust around everybody in those contracts. So it makes mm-hmm. for frictioned commerce.
0: So, sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of touched a little bit on this, but um, you're working a little bit on using this technology for good.
1: Yeah, you know, we've been really happy to be part of a project where we are now looking at how we stay out of all of these disputes because the disputes are ultimately corrosive to the fabric of a yeah. community and this level of distrust is really hard to move forward uh, on all factors, commercial, non-commercial. So we're really ha- helping in the concept of production equity, this concept that there's a fairness and a truth that is actually living in the middle. And source of truth is the most belabored term in IT. Yeah. because that usually means local truth, truth to your company, where the truth that matters is the truth to your counterparties, your partners, and your entitled holders. So what we've been able to put together with some First Nations leaders in Canada is the concept that staying out of this trouble um, and means that we'll have this transparency to each other's actions. Mm-hmm. So there's a project called the Thunderbird Consensus being led by some First Nations leaders, some technology groups, We've got good support from R3. We're currying more support from other players as we go along because everybody's really interested. If we do not exercise the potential of this technology to realize a true, more balanced, and equitable system of resource <laughs> management and paying people their entitled resource pieces, then yeah. we will have missed the mark. And I think the other, the ancillary fear is that if we do not, um, get those rights interpreted and ledgerized or, or you know crystallized into these systems, it'll become even harder moving forward. Yeah. I think we're at a major <clears throat> inflection point for how people's rights are going to be reflected on ledger. Mm-hmm. And I think that now we're at this opportunity to drive that democratization, that, that access to data, that fairness and equity that a distributed ledger can bring into these underserviced communities who've been struggling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that kind of reminds me and I know this is like just completely on in another world, but um I've had someone on the podcast Benji Rogers talking about the music industry and like those the I mean oh, this is great cuz you yeah, know yeah, all about have a tie-in. the music industry. We have a tie-in, yeah. Oh! Oh, yes, I didn't even mean to do that. Um, But the music industry having like kind of lower level um, artists or people who aren't being like paid what they deserve for their work and having that on blockchain, it's kind of like the same thing. I mean, this is all the same thing, but that's the first thing that kind of came to my mind when you were talking. Yeah,
1: there's a super cool project that we're involved with using our smart contracts and and it's early days. Uh, we're, We're definitely further ahead when we talk about natural resources. But it's the same basic problem, and in the entertainment world, and we've seen some contracts from some really big players, the the complexity is on the payee side. Like there's one product that we looked at for a very large royalty operator, a very large media company. There was 503 payees. So that means almost everybody who was contributing to the project was taking points. Okay. Right, and, and where your friend Benji and where you're coming from is the fact that the accounting procedures that determines the profit on all this are, are held by one company, yeah. one, one player. And that player has an inordinate amount of, of power then because they'll dangle a check in front of these creatives who are contributing. That might be a guitar player. It might be a producer. It might be somebody who worked on the graphics. You know, it might be yeah. anybody involved yeah. with the project. The unfortunate thing is they're not going to turn the check down, and this is true through the natural resources world as well. Not going to turn the check down, but they don't know if it's right or wrong, and that same distrust hovers over that entire industry. What we see moving forward is collectives around these people. So we're we're dealing with a large royalty catalog in in Canada and trying to create the entire ecosystem on ledger so that the smart contracts, as soon as the payment comes in, everyone gets their piece. And to the same point, if we can consensualize smart contracts, and Corda Flows give us a really cool way to do this, Ooh. if we can consensualize the contracts and register everybody's rights against it, then we can move to the concept that when a payment is made on any type of IP or entitlement or resource ownership, mm-hmm. that it pays out immediately. Yeah. And that will save everybody a lot of money. And I think the people who lose in that scenario are only people who are seeking to keep all the chips on their side of the table yeah. to bolster their position which of course is a lot of players yeah. but as these things again democratize I'm, I'm all for the creatives I ran a record label for 14 years I deal with a lot of musicians and I can tell you they're not getting paid and as you introduce these new streaming you, you introduce all these new kind yeah. of m- methods of delivery it's never been more important to actually get it straight of who's owed what and actually have clear accounting procedures. And, of course, smart contracts gives us a really, really elegant way to deal with that.
0: Yeah. You're such a cool person. You have so many, like, cool things about uh, you, you know?
1: I, I guess I'm blockchain famous. <laughs> you are blockchain
0: famous in my eyes. I
1: hope that the, the, <laughs> the listeners can understand the irony with which we make some of I those know, statements.
0: I know. I hope so. <laughs> I don't actually think I'm blockchain famous.
1: Well, maybe you're blockchain famous, but we have to define the term.
0: Oh, no, I'm for sure not. Um, I think Mike
1: Hearn's probably the most blockchain oh, famous Mike, in the I network. Oh, my I can't
0: compete with Mike I'm like, Who Mike can? Hearn is, like, so high up. And then here I am, in like, in a basement recording a little podcast. Um, just kidding. Well, not front. <laughs> every
1: time I research something that I think is super cool, and, you know, we've ma- we've managed to do with your guys' support and, and our good partnerships with you and AWS, we've managed to do some really cool stuff. Yeah. But every time I was pitching, um, well, I was presenting to you, all of the uh, the leadership registry form, it's called all the land title officers from Canadian provinces and, and mm-hmm. the Crown. And uh, so I was like, you know, about a week in advance, I was like, I really want to blow the doors off this. Start researching smart property. Royalties yeah. are involved with title. Every every thing that I started researching led to Mike Hearn.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, like Mike Hearn
1: was talking about smart property in 2011. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, now we're dealing with another one of the R3 partners, Blockchain Digital. Yeah. the guys who are doing the HMLR project. And bringing that into Canada and seeing how uh, a relationship between a couple of our three partners can help drive the agenda. So I think blockchain famous is something that's going to become more and more material as we uh, as we go forward. But you have a truly blockchain famous person in Mike Hearn in the company.
0: For sure. Mm -hmm. I've had him on the podcast twice, and he is so casual about what he he says. What he's accomplished. And he's probably would be very embarrassed if he heard me saying these things, but he's just very casual because he's like, oh, matter right. of fact, this is what's going to happen in 10 years. Yeah, Smart property, da-da-da, and robots. And I'm literally, he's like talking about AI, IoT. I was sitting there and my like jaw dropped the whole time, and he was so matter of fact, like kind of looking at me like I was freaking freak. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, but you're like... He's so uh so brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. Oh, you've
1: assembled a really good team. I know I'm, I'm 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 on the record evangelizing you guys, but it's for a reason. Oh, he's you're built nice. to some serious, serious talent here. So it's you're really very great kind. to work with you guys. Oh,
0: oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds like this is
1: a paid, it's <laughs> is a paid really not. advertisement for <laughs> R3 (laughs) Korda.
0: Yes, I love the voice. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what energy block exchange is.
1: So when we did the first transactions in February, we realized that the counterparties that we were dealing with wanted to do more on these ledgers than just settle their royalty entitlements. Mm -hmm. And they quickly started talking about, the counterparties started talking about joint ventures, started talking about... Um, volume measurement, because Mm -hmm. the minute that you give somebody the tools to settle a particular thing that they've been disputing on, they're going to look for other areas of, of, let's not say uh, distrust with the client, because I think that trust grows over time, but just where they may not agree yeah, with, their, yeah. with their partner. Yeah. So in the case of energy block exchange, what we decided was, well, rather than just limit the royalty ledger is clear, it's explicit, it's about royalties. Yes. I'm happy to say that that's starting to move into non-natural resource royalties and have really cool conversations with other types of entitlements, but there's other types of contracts to settle in the oil and gas space and
0: mm-hmm. what the
1: counterparties don't want or the partners don't want is to have one of everything you know yeah. if i have a huge blockchain infrastructure and you know we're building out on amazon with you with r3 if i have built all of this infrastructure well I w- i'm going to want them to move more box cars on these rails than just my royalties and a couple yeah. of counterparties who are paying royalties start to say to each other hey if we both have positions on this ledger can we settle yeah. So you start getting into those concepts of native asset value and how they can exchange those types of value. So Energy Block Exchange was, was then created to kind of reflect the fact that we needed to think about more than just royalties. The customers were driving us to talk about more types of contract settlement, and the royalty ledger wasn't an encompassing brand that could do that. So we, gotcha. we encapsulated into Energy Block Exchange, launched it in June of this year. And big props to Todd McDonald for coming out to Calgary and the GPS, the Global Petroleum Show. Although his his tag said he was from Fort McMurray, Alberta. (laughs) <laughs> and, and Todd's far too civil and doesn't swear enough to be from Fort McMurray.
0: <laughs> then you're not around him enough. He swears well, a good we'll amount. See, well, we'll <laughs> see if we can
1: get some drinks in him or something and, and pull out his blockchain we'll see what famous. See happens.
0: Oh, yeah. He's definitely more blockchain famous, too. Plus,
1: he's also a drummer. So, you know, the resonation yeah. of that is, and I know there is now an R3 band. Yes. So this is a call out to the R3 ecosystem and all partners. I am raising an R3 partners band. <laughs> And we're gonna go
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know if it's a battle of the bands because we're seeking frictionless commerce. Yeah, yeah, we're like trying to work together. And but uh, you know, this is a call out to the community. Let's yeah. get a band together. In Calgary next year there's a, there's gonna be a thing called Tech Walk where we're gonna pull a lot of technical people and a lot of musicians together and do an art walk music thing for tech.
0: Cool. I'm trying to
1: get Todd to bring the R three band over. So that this would is an entreaty great. to Todd. Bring it. Let's see your chops up live <laughs> Bring and in person. It.
0: He's good. Yeah. He's really good. They were actually all so unbelievable. Um, I was like fangirling. I took a video. I think we're probably going to put out some sort of a video. Well, I of heard them. there's a,
1: a guitar player, electronic music guy that kind of wowed everybody. Doesn't talk much, but yes. blew everybody's minds yes. with his instruments. And
0: in he was great. Yeah,
1: that's that's he really. He was
0: he was performing with his. Um, like, sunglasses on. He, like, looked just, like, very, very nice. rock star. Yeah. There
1: you go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's good to know you have that sort of talent inside the shop as well. But uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap for the partner like, ecosystem. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are so partner-focused. I think we, we should are. get equal airplay.
0: We are. No, <laughs> I actually think that is 100% fair, and you can make your make your claim. I what? hope I get some, like, messages like, oh, I play the guitar. Oh, I sing. <laughs> I yeah. definitely could not be involved in it. I am so... Cool. I am not talented.
1: Well, you're going to have to probably be the MC of the event. Maybe we get an R3 stage going at the Tech Walk or something like that. That
0: would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. This is really cool. I'm going to look into it. When is it?
1: uh, it, The dates aren't set yet. They're trying to line it up with a couple of big events that are already there because the idea is much like an art walker's thing, we're going to kind of show off the city. There's like 40 accelerators. Yeah. Some of the talks we're having here, actually this week in New York is bringing Cordae Academy to Calgary.
0: Cool. Um, there's a
1: lot of reasons to do that right now and and there's a there's a very big interest between us and you guys to get some deeper energy resources uh, moving yeah. so that's one of the things, and I think it would I think TechWalk gives us maybe a good time box to get our stuff together on that. So I'm yeah. excited about that
0: that is very exciting. How do you think like In Canada, by the way, I've never been to Canada. What? I know. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I live so close.
1: Yeah, like, it's not very far. (laughs) I know. Toronto is a world-class city. It's an hour away by plane.
0: I know. I'm going to have to go. So now, next time I talk to you, I hope I I will have been there because I want to go. But Well, you got to go up
1: there talk to Danny, and, and well, I guess oh, you had yeah, Danny on, yeah. get Grant on, yeah, or something. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of stuff going on in Toronto. It's super I know.
0: Cool. So tell me. So how is like Canada? What do you What do you think about like how they're adopting blockchain, or like Canada? The perception. I know Canada is like massive, but like the perception you find of well, blockchain. Well, there's,
1: there's two roads, and there there is a bit of uh, tension between them. One is it feels like we're not as progressive with technology as we generally are. And this won't come as a surprise to anybody who knows me, but I like to evangelize the fact that um, the father of Java, James Gosling, and Java's principal to, you know, R3 and our yeah. adoption here is from Calgary.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's a good claim MIT fame. Chancellor Eric Grimson from Estevan, Saskatchewan, on our advisory board. Mm-hmm. So the sadness that we have as Canadians is a lot of our technology pioneers end up down here.
0: Ugh! What a shame.
1: Well, I think it, it creates <laughs> a good relationship, but I think you know there's an incumbent, uh, 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 there's an obligation almost on us to kind of bang the drums for the locals. Yeah. But what, to bring that back to the question, I think there is a. There's some pioneering work that's gone. You know, uh, you hmm. know bring props to, to R three and Amazon and us for doing some history this year, in oil and gas. But of course, Project Jasper was very engaged early with R three some of the sophistication and the discussions going on uh, in Canada have been very forward and very progressive. Mm-hmm. It feels like where the gap is possibly is, is on the execution side. I think that we could probably, um, we're, we're very calibrated people. Mm. We generally tend to um, plan, 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 then execute. And mm-hmm. I think there's a risk in that model in that you can overplan. There's a lot of dark areas on the map.
0: Well, sp- in, this in technology is so new. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, our, our largest uh, activities right now are into integration and compliance mm. to get people comfortable with this stuff. And I think that kind of works against the calibrated nature of the Canadian mentality, whereas yeah. uh, you guys down here south of the 49 generally a little bit more liberal in running at it and solving yeah. some of the problems by running at them. And I'd like to see a balance of those two things, and I think that's the opportunity that we have. So I think Canada is showing some real good strengths. We have a lot of capacity, a lot of capability, a lot of smart people, a lot of forward thinking, but we're also showing a little bit of, of drag or a little bit of not as quick adoption mm-hmm. and, or at least you an know, analysis of some of the bigger issues. Yeah. So you have to pioneer in kind of two ways. <coughs> Sorry. No worries.
0: Um, yeah, that's... Um interesting my cough distracted me
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too your cough brought it all to me. you're like so and much.
0: now i gotta get out of here that yeah. cough ruined we're in my a very
1: time. small room and you know <laughs> i've never seen purple <laughs> bugs before Purple Haze in here.
0: Don't say that. Just no keep bringing it back off. to me.
1: I just wanted to say Purple Haze because yeah. Electric Ladyland I think, yeah. is what your studio nope. yeah, called. Yeah, the
0: studio is Electric Lady Studios.
1: Electric Lady Studios. So there is already a, a complete you know, rock and roll vibe going on in here. I, know. So I just wanted to reference Purple Haze.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So when okay. you coughed,
1: I saw Purple Haze, figurative or not.
0: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. I know. It's really all tying together very nicely for this yeah. episode.
1: It's like we planned it, and, it, and I clearly it, and we, did we did not. And we did not. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was good.
0: Well, um I'm trying to think of another curveball to throw at you, but I think you really hit a lot of different spots. It's very interesting how you and Guild One are are really open to looking at not just oil and gas, other industries as well for for blockchain.
1: Yeah, I think that's critical actually. I mean um you know, there's a lot of and I'll rep for my home province, Alberta as strongly as anybody will uh, but we're going through a bit of a challenging time um, we haven't mm-hmm. been able to get our products to market there's a huge differential Yeah. so you know you take on investors you start uh, becoming blockchain famous as it were <laughs> you start worrying about you know I, 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 our industry isn't going anywhere and we're, we will survive anything and we'll come back strong but this technology yeah. has so much promise that what I don't want to do is just be kind of pigeonholed into one corner as as just energy resources that said very deep problems very challenging counterparties very rewarding for that yeah. but it's also very rewarding for me and in the same context that social equity is important yep and that triple bottom line thinking is important and i think it's supported by every everywhere we go and talk about it there's also that personal expression and of course from running labels and dealing with musicians Man, that's a constituency that's been getting a rough ride, the same yeah. as, as, a, as a royalty holder. And this yeah. isn't necessarily because people are defrauding or, or, or seeking. It's just that the chips are not deployed yeah. equitably. And I think everybody benefits from a more equitable distribution. So For sure. I'm gravitating towards projects. And the beauty of that is in the way we constructed it, the way Corda flows work, and the way that we built our stuff on top of Corda and leveraged a lot of our IP... And by interjecting Corda and integrating with it, have a whole new way to, to bring value and monetize and commercialize that IP opens up these new markets. And, mm-hmm. of course, it's a lot more exciting. I think we're having as much fun. I think we're having more fun talking about music than we are about oil and gas.
0: No, we're having equal <laughs> amounts
1: equal of Equal amounts of fun. Oil <laughs> yeah. and gas is equal amounts of fun <laughs> to, uh, to uh, yeah, Life the music in the industry.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... it. You make a good point, though, about all of just, like, again, I said this before, but trusting, non-trusting parties, and um, it applies to both, and it's really important. See, oil and gas is not something I, like, really— I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah, you daily. Know, you, know, you were telling like, Sophie Turner up, like, about like, it, I think.
0: Yeah. It's like, hey, you hear about oil and gas and the hey, blockchain? Well, I got
1: coming on Life on the Fast Chain with Katherine Rudder.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not really the first thing I think about. So it is interesting to think about that industry on top of other things that maybe like I'm more familiar with, like the music industry.
1: You know what's super interesting, really, is I believe the distrust is the veneer yeah i honestly believe most people are very ethical i mean there's always bad actors but if we let the bad actors determine all of our behaviors we're going to be in such a guarded shell that we won't get anything done yeah so i choose to believe that these the transparency that is afforded the the privileged data that we can inject into these networks and the sharing of facts i think it strips away the veneer of distrust and exposes what everybody wants, which is just equitable trading, equitable yeah. ownership and equitable entitlement execution, if you will. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's what's been super exciting. Talk about reinvigorating. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be doom and gloom, but what I find about the blockchain, I'm gonna say blockchain famous because <laughs> it's going as a term now with air yeah. quotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I find about almost everybody engaged in this pursuit, yeah, there's some, there's some oil, snake oil salesmen out there. Uh, who can barely spell it, who are experts. But generally, if you get to the professional people who are actually working on this, there is a general sense of camaraderie around the basic fairness that these systems can promote. Yeah. So from large entitled players and banks, I mean, R3 is made up of, of banks and, and regulators and, and a partner ecosystem and a lot of people with vested interests. And every time I meet them, they're very interested in, in the fairness Yeah. At at the center of this. So I think that's invigorating from a personal level as well as a professional level.
0: Yeah. You seem very passionate about it. I just got really excited about (laughs) what we're doing.
1: (laughs) Man, if I can make oil and gas entitlements sound (laughs) exciting. I I get excited about it, too, because, again, it's not just it's about fairness at the end of the day. It's about equity and it's about the the reasons why people dispute are not what you think generally it's yeah. it's it's an administrative oversight more than it's any type of of agenda or or fraud or you know a, any kind of misrepresentation it's generally just oh my god we this value here wasn't updated and it got injected into the calculation yeah. so the other party starts distrusting us because we dropped the ball Pested on a- that
0: yeah. Saving time and money.
1: Share some facts, man. <laughs> Share What you some see facts. is what I see.
0: <laughs> yes, that's uh that's I love how Richard Kendall Brown uses that. Um uh, from WYSIWYG into WYSI <laughs> 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 what, what would it be? <laughs> WYSIWIZ is cool.
1: What you see is what I see. see? Yeah, that's WYSI yeah. Wiz.
0: Wizzy wiz. All right. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you, today. It's been a pleasure. I loved having you on. Everyone, follow James Graham on Twitter and LinkedIn. Block Blockafella. Block fella With the With the Q. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll link it. I'm just going <laughs> to keep copying you. <laughs> I'll link it in the bio. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain.
1: From the Tower of Power, the stacks of wax. It's Catherine Rudder and Life in the Fast Chain. <laughs>
0: That was so good. In the studio with George Calais and Kevin Rutter from the research team. How are you guys doing today?
2: Excellent. Thanks, Catherine. Excited to be here.
0: Woohoo! Happy to have you guys here. So you just announced the pitch competition for university students. Can you talk a little bit about that? Kevin, let's start with you.
3: Great. Thanks, Catherine. Uh, yes, we just made the website live yesterday. Great. Uh, and it's an opportunity for students around the world. It's a global competition open to all students enrolled at an academic institution. So it's very broad uh, potential application base um, to submit an idea for a use case or an application uh, on Corda. Very uh, cool. So, yeah, it's very cool. It's something that George and I have been thinking about for a very long time because we visited and toured schools uh, along the eastern seaboard, Last semester, and I know other people across R three have visited schools globally. There's a lot of excitement about uh, blockchain still. There's a lot of excitement about you know Corda. Growing excitement for Corda, and we wanted to uh, you know put out our, our sails and ride the wind of enthusiasm. And we thought that a good way to do that would would be to have this competition.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and I know you guys are super passionate about it. So extremely very so, we
3: cool. are <laughs> extremely so.
0: I remember one time we were doing something. I was doing something for another uh, co-worker here uh, at R3 and he said to me, Catherine, if you care 1% as much as I care about this, it'll go great. And I feel like that's (laughs) how you guys are. (laughs)
3: Yes. We don't even... I mean, 1% would be a lot. All you need to care is 0.001% as much as us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, also, so those pages are live, and I'll link to those in the bio. Um, One thing to note, I was looking at the prizes... They're amazing. Yes. Yeah,
3: we should have started with the prizes,
2: to be honest.
0: Yeah, they're really cool. George, tell us a little bit about what the prizes are.
2: Well, first, you just can't ignore, um, right up there at the top is $15,000 for your first place winner. Cash Uh, money. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Slightly less for second and third. We like to reward the winners here the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then also... Really, the real prize here is exposure to the R3 network. Yeah. Uh, So some of the prizes you'll see there are uh, appearances on our showcase call, uh, Mm -hmm. which is now public, uh, being featured in the R3 ledger, uh, which goes out to, what, 15? Yeah,
0: like 15,000 people. Great publication. Everyone got to go sign up for it.
3: Sign up for (laughs) it on the website.
2: Um, (laughs) And to be able to talk uh, at our fantastic Corticon Mm -hmm. in London. Um, so, really, the value here is, you know, having us alongside you, guiding your business um, in the early stages. And, yeah, and also out of that, uh, free office space over the course of the summer,
3: which yeah. we've seen has been very valuable with startups just coming out of schools. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with Elfie, Alon Sh- uh, Shalev, he's uh, one of my good buddies at, from MIT, uh, Sloan, has mm-hmm. a startup called Elfie. He was in the New York office that summer. Uh, Brian Nolan out of Cambridge, he was an MBA. Uh, that's launched Fintium, Uh mm-hmm. and he's been based out of the, the office in London. So we've seen that uh, you know an on-site presence at a at a, one of our offices really helps nurture these kind of early stage ideas and helps you know uh, entrepreneurs meet the right contacts across our ecosystem and you know shoot the technical team a question if they have a development question. So anyway so I think that free office space is actually probably the best prize yeah uh, maybe even comparable. If you care about, uh, you know, launching a, a, a startup or a business, you know, comparable to that $15,000.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I remember when I was talking to Elon when he was here over the summer, he, like, kept on harping on how valuable it was for him to be in the office because he could just stand up and walk over to someone and ask him a question or slack them. So that is a very cool opportunity.
3: I agree. So. Yeah.
0: If I'm a university student and I want to learn more, I want to submit uh, the application, what do I do? What do I need?
2: Yeah. Um, So the first step would be going to the Pitch Competition website. So r3.com slash pitch competition. Dash. There's a dash. Pitch dash competition. Come on,
0: George. Come on, George.
2: (laughs) From there, you can (laughs) access um, a ton of resources. So including stuff on the Corda platform. Uh, to figure out what the specific architecture to Quarta is, um, so you can get insights on how that might relate to your application. Mm -hmm. Additionally, we've uh, populated it with a lot of good resources on different use cases. Mm -hmm. Uh, So while a ton of our early activity was in financial services and insurance, there's also stuff uh, that can help guide your thinking on things around healthcare energy, supply chain. Uh, so really the the world is your oyster with this competition. Mm-hmm.
3: And also just to add, uh, you know, I guess there's two main uh, things that people really need to read. There's the, the rules, we have an official rules uh, guide yep. on the Pitch Competition website. And then uh, there's this pitch application a- uh, ap- application that's due on March uh, 14th, 2019. Yes. And those will have all the rules and go into more depth and elaborate on what George just talked about. Uh, in greater depth.
0: Yeah, you don't want to miss that date because that's the end, the submission deadline for the first round.
3: Yeah, exactly. Anything after that uh, date will be automatically forwarded to both of our trash uh, inbox <laughs> folders. <laughs> so, we will not see that.
0: <laughs> so, blunt. I like it. Yeah. Well, this is a very cool opportunity. I hope people in at universities, everyone gets involved. If you know anyone who, you're, maybe you're not in a university, but you know someone else who would be interested in it, please pass off this information. Yeah.
3: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, We want to get the word out there before March 14th, so I appreciate, you know, send it to your kid, uh, you know, friends, I don't know, who else? Friendly (laughs) developer down the road, I don't know. I guess it's not, it's kind of a business-focused competition, so we'll be accepting, you know, I think a technical background would help, but it's, you know, really meant to be accessible to everyone.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait, also, can't you... So you can do it with other people, and how big can the group be?
3: Uh, it's more, oh, that's a good question. Uh, up to five people, and they yeah. don't necessarily be others. have to be students from your own school. They can include, like, a buddy at a different school or a friend at a different school.
0: Very cool. Um, so everyone sign up. The research team, you guys have been doing a lot of really cool stuff, so this is just the latest. Um, so everyone make sure to check out r3.com slash research for the other research pieces that they have public. Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot for having us.
0: Of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. Make sure to rate, subscribe, comment, only if it's nice. Woo! Oh, also, as an aside, I had a dream the other day that I had started the podcast saying hi, everyone, instead of what's up, everyone. And that's so off-brand. What a nightmare. All right, bye.